This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. So all of the contaminants that we anticipated would be problems in 2022 are still going to be with us in 2023. So lead, copper, manganese, disinfection byproducts, and PFAS. That's WQA Technical Affairs Director Eric Yegi talking about his contaminant predictions for 2023. And welcome to WQA Radio, the weekly podcast of the Water Quality Association, promoting better water quality around the world. This is episode number 303. If you're joining us for the first time or new to the industry, welcome. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to share the podcast with someone you know. We're publishing this January 25th, 2023. Hope your year is off to a great start. Find us at wqa.org and on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In this episode, we're joined by WQA Technical Affairs Director Eric Yegi for his annual Contaminant Predictions Show. Eric looks back at the challenges the industry faced in 2022 and offers his forecast for what will be likely the top issues or contaminants that we will face and how the point of use and point of entry providers can respond. Plus, we'll have our WQA Motivational Minute and WQA Tip. Now on to Eric Yegi on WQA Radio. We're joined by Eric Yegi, WQA's Technical Affairs Director, and he is going to join us for his annual predictions, uh, predictions about contaminants in the water treatment industry. And, and Eric has nearly 35 years of experience in the water industry, so we are always glad to have him on the show. Eric, welcome to WQA Radio once again. Thank you, Wes. Glad to be here. So uh, we do this predictions show, as you know, it's always one of the most popular shows that we have on the podcast. A lot of people want to hear what you have to say. And uh, let's get rolling with 2023. But before that, of course, we have to go back. We have to look at 2022, don't we? And just say, you know, oh, where, where did you fall in terms of successes, hits and misses, whatever you want to call it? How accurate, I guess, were you in 2022? We could do that, or we could just assume that everything I said was correct, if you want. We could. You're kind of like the weatherman, you know. It's uh, the forecaster gives out the forecast, and, you know, a couple of days later, who remembers? That's exactly <laughs> right. So, yeah, in 2022, we talked about, in terms of contaminants, we talked about lead and copper, manganese, disinfection byproducts, and PFAS being potential hot topics. We talked about water quality issues related to natural disasters and climate change. We talked about there being the potential for a heightened level of interest in using point of use and point of entry as a final barrier to protect public health. Um, and we talked about concerns over chloride discharge and the potential for challenges related to labor shortages and supply chain issues because of the pandemic. 
Now, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. How, how accurate were your predictions? We, we saw all of those opportunities and challenges impact the industry in 2022. One of the things we did not anticipate was that although there is a demand for in-home treatment devices that can remove manganese down to you know, public health levels or, or for the protection of public health, no, none of the manufacturers were able to produce a treatment device that could actually pass the certification test. So manganese is very similar to lead in that it comes from the distribution system and, and from our premise plumbing. In this case, it's generally not in the formulation of the plumbing products, but it builds up inside the pipes and stuff because uh, it, it forms scale. It, it, manganese is incorporated into the scale. And then if there's a small change in the water chemistry, say the utility brings a new well online, small changes like that in the water chemistry can cause these releases of manganese at very, very high levels. It has similar health impacts to lead. Like lead, children are more susceptible than adults. And because the manganese is coming from our premise plumbing and from the pipes and the distribution systems, one of the best ways to protect people would be with in-home treatment. But as I mentioned, so far, no one has been able to get a product to pass the certification test. Well, if, if I could stop you just there and just ask then, what is one to do if manganese is a problem in one's home? Good question. So some of the technologies that we thought might work included cation exchange, which would be basically a water softener, reverse osmosis, or even a carbon filter with the right types of additives. It is difficult to remove, but it's possible to remove. So if you have a problem with manganese in your home, those would be the three technologies we would recommend, and you would have to test before and after treatment to make sure that you're removing manganese down to acceptable levels. And for members who are engaging with customers and recommending products and, and solutions, you would just have to know at this point that those are the three main recommended solutions to try at this point, correct? Yep. Those are the three solutions we would recommend that you look at to potentially pursue, you know, a certified claim for manganese. And, you know, once once the certified products are out there, then it would, it, it would make it easier for the consumers because they don't have to test before and after treatment. They can have some assurance based on the certification that the product's going to remove manganese. All right. Well, we got off a little bit on a tangent here with manganese, but was there anything else about the accuracy of 2022 you wanted to say? I don't think so. I think let's move on to 2023. Okay. Very good. Uh, what are your top concerns, your top challenges, your predictions for 2023? So all of the contaminants that we anticipated would be problems in 2022 are still going to be with us in 2023. So lead, copper, manganese, disinfection byproducts, and PFAS. But for the purposes of our podcast today, I would like to focus on PFAS if I could, because there's just so much more happening on that front. Would that be okay? Oh, absolutely. And it, it just kind of underscores WQA's emphasis on PFAS this year. So go right ahead. So the EPA has announced that they want to regulate PFAS as a hazardous waste, and also that they want to establish a maximum contaminant level for PFAS under the Safe Drinking Water Act. 
And as you know, there's been a ton of publicity and media stories focusing on PFAS. It is a man-made chemical, or I should say they are man-made chemicals. Um, they're used in firefighting foams, non-stick coatings, waterproofing for clothes, stain-resistant carpeting, and many other applications. They're even used in packaging. So you can get it from fast food, right? You can pick up PFAS in your fast food or in your microwave popcorn. Uh, we call PFAS the forever chemicals because the carbon-fluorine bonds that are characteristic of PFAS, uh, they will not break down in, in nature. They're one of the strongest bonds in chemistry. So once we release these chemicals into the environment, they're going to be persistent in the environment. They're going to continue to spread through our water sources until we remove them. So a couple of things uh, regarding that. First, that's going to compel consumers and authorities to look at in-home treatment options um, for PFAS. So there is opportunity here because of all of those factors that we just talked about. But second, this is these things are also going to drive increased efforts to punish the polluters. So what that means is you want to be cautious about accepting any contracts that would require you to accept the liability for disposal of the PFAS from your treatment process. For example, um, disposal of the PFAS from, say, used carbon or from an exhausted ion exchange bed. I hadn't thought of that. So you're talking about members of WQA who would be in the process of trying to provide solutions. Yep. There's going to be uh, increased focus on trying to find the sources of PFAS in the that are, how is it getting into the environment, and then holding those people or those companies responsible for removing it from the drinking water, as opposed to increasing the rates on our drinking water and utilities. So what I thought I also heard you saying or implying anyway was that the solutions are not at the central treatment system; they are at the the point of use. No, we can remove PFAS from a, using centralized treatment as well, using these same technologies, in fact. So you can use RO to remove PFAS at the central drinking water treatment plant. What I'm saying, though, is regardless of whether you're using, even if you're a manufacturer that's involved in one of those applications, be cautious of whether or not you're the one that's being held responsible for disposal of any waste stream that contains PFAS, whether it be the reject water from the RO, whether it be the exhausted resin from ion exchange or exhausted you know, carbon from a carbon bed. Very good. So how does PFAS affect health, by the way? I mean, we, we talk about it as being a health concern, but just can you give us a, a, an overview on that? Mm-hmm. So that's still being studied. We know the most about the two PFAS that were voluntarily phased out of the U.S. market around 2015. So those were PFOA and PFOS. We know the least about all the other PFAS that the industry has switched to uh, to replace PFOA and PFOS. There are studies indicating that PFAS may have harmful impacts on our immune system, thyroid health, reproductive impacts on pregnant women and developmental issues on, on kids. And it's, it's also listed as a potential carcinogen by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. 
All right. And what can be done uh, from a water treatment standpoint again, just to cover that one more time? So the three technologies that are most commonly used for removal of PFAS are reverse osmosis systems and anion exchange because it becomes an anion once it's in water and carbon. All right. Well, that is quite a challenge. And I know it's going to be something we'll be talking about for uh, for many months and uh, perhaps years to come. What other issues should our members be aware of in 2023, Eric? There will continue to be rising concern um, about the chloride levels in the environment, not only because of the impacts on aquatic life, but also because as the chloride levels are going up in, in our environment, it's impacting or it's accelerating the corrosion of our infrastructure. So there's that, that's going to drive the need for more efficient softening applications. There's likely going to be heightened level of interest again in using point of use and point of entry as a final barrier to protect public health. So that it can be applied, of course, in your home, but also to help small systems that are struggling with some of these contaminants. And members should keep an eye on the tank and valve report and keep track of the demand for residential softening. What we saw when when COVID happened was that the demand for commercial sized uh, treatment systems really dropped because all the buildings were shut down. But at the same time, the demand for in-home residential treatment went way up and we continued to see it rise even after the lockdowns ended and, and the buildings were brought back online and we all went back to work, we still saw that continued rise in demand for residential in-home treatment. And we've only recently saw signs that it's starting to level off. So it's something to keep an eye on through the WQA tank and valve report to just see what happens with that demand curve. Also, a quick heads up, there is a regulatory deadline coming up this year, September 1st, 2023, um, to have your system certified for lead-free compliance. So if you are selling products that are plumbed in and they come in contact with drinking water, so for example, plumbing products or treatment devices, you have until September 1st, 2023 to get those products certified to uh, lead-free complaints. And if you don't have that already, now would be the time to contact WQA or your, your certification body of choice and get started on that process. Very good point on that one. So to go back to PFAS for just a second, I also want to make a point to say that if you're listening to this prior to the WQA convention and exposition, which is in April in Las Vegas, join us for a special PFAS symposium. It's being put on by the Water Quality Research Foundation along with WQA. That'll be at the Caesars Forum where the convention is taking place and that will be one day before the convention begins, April 17th, and the convention gets underway the very next day, April 18th through the 20th. Again, in Las Vegas, and you can go to wqa.org convention for all the details, uh, or go over to wqrf.org for uh, details as well and to get signed up. So that's, that, that'll be a very interesting symposium on, uh, on PFAS. 
All right. And Eric, how can members get more information from your department on these issues and others? As you mentioned, there's the WQA convention and exposition, of course. We will have several sessions talking about these topics and other topics like that. There's also webinars that we host throughout the year called the WQA Essentials, where we talk about topics like this. Um, and lastly, I, I love talking to members, so you're always welcome to contact me, and I'd be happy to talk to you about these things. So if you want Eric's expertise and uh, or, or Brianna from his team, you need to be a member. I hope that's clear. <laughs> you have to be a WQA member, another fantastic member benefit to have a technical uh, affairs team uh, uh, at your, at your uh, well, I don't know, beck and call. Maybe that's a little bit uh, too liberal, but uh, certainly um, available to help with answers to many of the questions that you might have as a WQA member. So Eric Yegi, thanks so much for being part of the show and again for your annual predictions and we so appreciate it. As, a, as always, it's been a pleasure, Wes, and I look forward to 2023. And now our Motivational Minute, the value of clarity. This is something we've touched on before. I wanted to bring it up again because I think it's so important, especially at the beginning of a new year. If we are clear, if we have clarity on our goal, on our customer, our purpose, uh, well, we are just likely to achieve more. The problem is that being clear is not easy. If it were easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be clear about who, who and what they are and, and what they do. The late author David McCullough said, writing is thinking and to write well is to think clearly. So we need to think clearly. We need to spend this new year, the beginning of this new year, uh, in, some, in some thinking time, getting clear on the things that really matter in our business. Just what is our focus for the year ahead? Do you know? What does success look like? Do you know? Get a clear picture and then move forward. And now our WQA tip. You've probably heard the expression, it's time to start working on your business, not just in your business. Well, how do you do that? How do you really take time out, take time to step aside and look at what you're doing to get better, to improve your business, to improve your bottom line, to improve your, uh, your productivity? Well, you do it by things like the WQA Business Bootcamp. And we're excited because boot camp is again going to take place one day before the WQA convention and exposition. So mark it on your calendars, April 17th, 2023. That's a full day WQA business boot camp intensive training, primarily for dealers, but really we, we welcome everybody. Uh, join us in Las Vegas. Again, one day before the WQA convention begins, so join us on April 17th. Go to wqa.org slash convention to see more about the convention and be ready to join us for WQA Business Bootcamp. We look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps.
Learn more about water at wqa.org and of course learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.